I love wine, but sometimes it can get really expensive, which is why I'm so excited that today's episode is brought to you by Last Bottle Wines. If you don't know, they're a Napa-based online wine shop with a twist. They offer just one hand-picked wine per day until it sells out, which is often in hours. So new day, new wine, always at incredible prices. We're talking 30 to 70% off retail. And the best part is that there's no subscriptions, no fees, and no minimum purchase. Just a daily email with a really great wine. They're offering Datable listeners 10% off your first order with code Datable. And now is such a great time to join as their marathon sale is coming up on March 28th and 29th. They flip that one-day rule on its head and offer back-to-back deals, which means that wines are only up on the site for a couple minutes at a time and shipping is 100% free. They send us a mini marathon package of some of their favorites and let me tell you, they were delicious. Sign up at lastbottlewines.com and use the code DATABLE and find out why Last Bottle is the most fun way to discover and buy amazing wine. The Dateable Podcast features real stories from real people of how they make modern dating work, or not. I'm your host, Yue, former dating coach turned dating insider, if you will. On each episode, you'll hear commentary from my producer, Julie Kraftchik, and other surprise co-hosts. This episode of Dateable is brought to you by 500 Brunches. 500 Brunches connects like-minded people with similar interests to meet in real life over brunch. You answer a quick questionnaire about your interests and how you spend your time, and then they'll match you in small groups of six to eight at a brunch spot in San Francisco. Get a free entry into a brunch now by signing up at 500brunches.com and using the code DATEABLE. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Dateable, a show all about modern dating. There, we have such a treat for everyone, including myself tonight. We have the most <laughs> handsome man, David Cruz, on the phone. Hi, David. Hey, how are you? <laughs> Hi, you He's calling in from Los Angeles. And uh, if you don't know who he is, let me just give you a little refresher here. David Cruz is a matchmaker most famous for his role on the hit Bravo TV show, Millionaire Matchmaker. And We TV's Million Dollar Matchmaker. I love how they just tweak that name a little bit <laughs> for a different it's network. a little different, right? <laughs> just a little bit. His obsession with love and romance led him to becoming the founder of FindingCupid.com, a website he created to remind people how to love again. Cruz has strong opinions on what it means to date in today's modern world. His work has been featured on the Huffington Post, The Advocate, Frontiers Magazine LA, PattyKnows.com, and YourTango.com. He also hosts a weekly podcast called Finding Cupid Radio. And I'm going to be a guest on that show. Yeah. <laughs> a little pleasure myself. Uh-huh. Let me just give everyone a little background. You're 41 years old and you're married. And I couldn't believe it when I read your yeah. age. You look damn <laughs> good. Holy cow. Listen, I... I do everything in my power to go against that that God-given gift that only my genes and my family before me has given me. But I certainly, uh, you know, I try to go out as as much as the next 20-year-old. <laughs> At well, some point, I'll realize that I'm not 
really my age anymore. But, uh, you know, it's just a number. <laughs> but also you got to have that TV face, right? Well, I also live in LA. I feel like everyone <laughs> keeps true. each other so on their true. toes. I-, I have to keep up with the Joneses here in Los Angeles. <laughs> you know, every time I'm, I'm down in LA, I have a craving for a nose job or something. You know, I just like want to get something done. <laughs> it's just one of those cravings. <laughs> Let's first talk about your time on Millionaire Matchmaker. Let's get the dirt out of the way before we get into like the love stuff that we want to talk about. What was it like being on that? Oh, oh, honey, (laughs) let me drink a martini. What was it like being on that show? You know, um, I love Millionaire Matchmaker. I, I have like a fond relationship with it because. You know, before I was a cast member on the show, um, I was a dater. You know, uh, Patty uh, and her team found me and brought me on as a match for one of her clients. So it really kind of started in that world. And I just kept kind of like, I don't know, I want to say being a, a satellite to the world of dating. Simultaneously, I had just moved to L.A., Uh, just ended a long-term relationship and was starting over. So this whole idea that I was being brought on by this matchmaker, being introduced to the world of love and kind of at a point in my life where I was searching again for that next chapter and what it was going to be about. It was kind of like a beautiful, you know, serendipitous moment of, you know, what my life would be like to come after that. So it was, it was very interesting to be a part of it. And I think, it, it only makes sense that I eventually ended up on the show with my obsession with love and relationships. So yeah, I'm absolutely. happy it worked out the way it did. <laughs> well, but we... that's the nice version. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> now dirt, take two. <laughs> because we know with entertainment, with reality TV shows, a lot of it may not be real or a lot of it is dramatized. So how much of the love that you saw on the show was actually real versus scripted? You know, I I get asked that question a lot. And the unfortunate part is that everything on that show is real because of one thing. As we all know, because of the dates that you and I go on, because of the people that we've met on these dates, those relationships with those kinds of people and those interactions with those kind of people are exactly the same. So if you see that crazy millionaire that comes on the show, or if you see that quirky dater that comes on and tries to get into the dating pool, that's real life, right? Like we've been on those dates. We've met those crazy people. We've gotten set up with those like quirky people. So unfortunately, you know, (laughs) the spoiler is that those are all real. So So what's not real? Uh, my love for certain cast members. I think that that was probably, (laughs) maybe that was a little, uh, you know, the the test of my acting ability. (laughs) Well, you're a damn good actor. What was it like working with Patty Stanger? Is she always that kooky? Absolutely. She's 100% batshit crazy. (laughs) I think that... I mean, I don't know. Can I say that? <laughs> oh, for sure. <laughs> Give us more adjectives. <laughs> it is definitely as crazy as that. She's crazy. But, you know, there's a lot of genius and crazy out there. And, you know, she's successful at what she does uh, because of the way that she reacts. But <laughs> So you're telling me that when the cameras are off, she's just like that? In real life, yes, absolutely. <laughs> wow. So at least it's real. At least everything's real. real. I think that's actually a great segue to uh, go off of this millionaire matchmaker topic and talk about what we're really here to talk about, which is 
millennials and dating and finding love. And the question is, <laughs> you talk about this quite a bit on your show. Do millennials yeah. even want to find love anymore? What are your thoughts on millennials and dating? Oh gosh. Well, do you have <laughs> Oh child. <laughs> I have such a a, a a love-hate relationship, even just with the word, because if we all think back to our generation of being the young kids and our parents talking to us about your generation, I try not to be that person. But this is a very different world that we're in now um, when it comes to this younger millennial generation. So to me, doesn't matter if it's relationships, career, or personal lives, there's a very different road that these young millennials are taking. And it's not the same roads that all of us previously, and I'm, listen, like we said at the top of the show, I'm 41 years old. Mm -hmm. I was born in 76, grew up through the 90s, a 90s kid, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> through and through. And, and so I was grown, you know, I, I was taught, you know, by my parents to work hard for things and, you know, to, to put your back into things. And the harder that you work, the more that you get out of life. So what's happened with millennials is that we now have this fast food, instant gratification generation that has grown up. And quite honestly, to our own doing, uh, we have supplied them with uh, all of the tools necessary uh, to be this way and to grow up this way. And that's partly because our parents just wanted to put a tablet or a phone in front of us to keep us busy. Um, but then also because technology just exploded. So there's a lot of different things that have happened. And to answer your question, do they still want love? Sure. Yes, they do. Absolutely. The relationships that millennials um, understand and perceive as relationships today are not the same kinds. So what are these relationships that they're trying to pursue? When, with millennials, I love to call them instagens. So, okay. you know, they're instant. They're the instant generation. So let's take a step back for a second. So they need instant feedback. They want instant results. They want instant relationships. They want it. They want to be able to turn on an app, find it, get it and then be one and done with it. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, we all know relationships are a lot more layered, a lot more complicated, and take a lot more time to understand and grow. And that's just, it's just a, a, a complication of the, the whole ideology behind what a millennial thinks a relationship should be. So it's tough. I think it's a really tough time for millennials because at the core of this is communication. Millennials need to learn how to communicate unplugged. And that's that's what it is right there. When you finally find that person, that's only half the job. So and I'm, I'm going to I'm going to play devil's advocate for a sec. Okay. Not that I'm a millennial by any means. I'm at the cusp. But I do okay. think people only know what they know. And I think millennials grew up sure. only knowing technology. And they've grown up in a society where people are rewarded for finding shortcuts. Look at Uber. Look at uh, Blue Apron. Look at telecommunications. Everything is about finding shortcuts. And that's how people are making money. That's how people are finding fame and fortune. Sure. So maybe millennials are thinking, okay, you know, your generation and the other generations all had to fight for love and, and work for love. Maybe mm -hmm. my generation can just find a shortcut to finding love and we're going to be redefining relationships. What do you think about that? Well, I mean... 
I think that, you know, fool's gold is exactly what that is. The more sparkly, you know, the jewel is, sure, we'll go to it. But it doesn't mean it's as valuable as the real thing. So for me, sure, we can find shortcuts. And I think that that's what the great thing is about technology is that if we can enable something that uh, was challenging before to be easier, then yes, absolutely. It's an advancement in that field. But when it starts to take away from our our ability and our capability to communicate the proper way, uh, the specifically meaning dating, um, then it starts to hinder us. So, you know, as much as a millennial may think we're going to re- redefine what it means to get a relationship, there's only so much that they can do uh, before they realize that there's still some fundamental layers and building blocks that are part of, of building long-term relationships. And I think yeah. that's the key there. I think that's, com- I totally agree. I think some of the issues that I face with modern dating, and it's not just millennials, it's that there's just no need to fight for someone anymore. People right. don't make efforts There's options. Anymore. There's like, oh, this isn't working out. I'm just going to go to the next thing. And in my mind, it's the next best thing. And I think about like media and I think media sometimes is a reflection of society. And I think back in like the 80s and 90s, there were movies where people are standing out in the pouring rain, professing their love, fighting for someone. (laughs) It doesn't happen anymore. And when was the last time you saw a modern movie like that? When was the last time you saw a romantic comedy that had someone fighting for someone? It's always about, girl, you can do better than that. Huh? You can do better than that. Go uh-huh. on an app and go find you know, someone new. Go yeah. find someone new, and you have plenty of choices, and you can be single for the rest of your life and be fabulous. That's what I keep seeing. That's the message I keep hearing. So I think what's really missing from modern dating is that need to fight for for love, that need to make an effort. I think that's also coupled with divorce. We're mm. a generation that's had divorce as a way out, so mm-hmm. it's not like we have to stick it through and make it work. So how does this apply these differences um, in these generational dating uh, situations? How does that apply to matchmaking? Are you, do you have uh, millennial clients who need your services and how do they differ from other generations? So, I mean, when you ask me, are millennials our clients? Absolutely. You know what's happened nowadays, especially in the world of technology? You have a lot of these young entrepreneurs, a lot of these like Silicon Valley, Silicon Beach, young wealth uh, managers from the East Coast. There's a lot of young professionals. There's always has been. But now more than ever, there's a lot of wealthy young individuals that are millennials. Mm -hmm. And it's a weird thing to have so much access to money, but then be young and to be a millennial. Mm. So they still haven't matured enough. And maturity comes with experience and it comes with practice. So if if you're just saying I'm, you know, wealthy and I'm uh, I'm rich and I get everything I want because this is my generation, but then we can say, for example, I love cars and I think I'm going to be a great race car driver. But if you've never actually driven a car, then you won't know how to drive it. Right. So that's where matchmakers come along, right? So I like to call matchmakers the people that are really saving your lives when it comes to dating. <laughs> You're basically doctors. We're basically the doctors of, of love. You would think that even in this world of dating apps and websites, you know, that matchmaker, the need for a matchmaker would go away, but it's busier than ever. That's mm. the crazy part. 
Looking back on those seasons of Millionaire Matchmaker, I found that there was one theme with a lot of these millionaires was that they had this idea of entitlement. They felt like, because I have all this money, I'm entitled to this very superficial list of qualities I'm looking for in my partner. What is the one issue that you see with your clients today that you really have to help them get over? Absolutely. Well, you know, I'll, I'll hit on that, that, that millionaire. First of all, when you are in a profession, and I see this with men, women, it doesn't matter where you come from, but if you're very successful, right, you have a lot of yes people around you. Mm. And so there's no one to tell you no. So when you go on dates, all of a sudden, there's somebody that's like, you know, I really don't like them. You know, and they're saying no. And then those guys and those, you know, those clients get so frustrated. You've seen it on the show many times. And those are real people. I've been on those dates myself. And it's very interesting to see what happens when a a yes person goes on a date and gets a no person. So it's, it's interesting, but it's only because of the environment they're in. And that's when a matchmaker really comes in and shakes things up because they really have to be a reality check for these people to say, in order for you to get someone that's long term, and if you're committed to finding that and a solid, good relationship, then this is what you need to wake up to and understand that's happening. The hardest thing, right, with our clients is that there's so much technology out there. And the one thing that is that we're constantly trying to keep them focused on is to not get distracted. It's so easy, right, for all of us to download 10 apps today. Yeah. And if, like you said earlier, if we're bored, we'll move on to the next person. We can turn on an app and find something. But that's very disposable. And if you're someone that's coming to a matchmaker and, you know, investing you know we do this in different parts of our careers and lives we invest in therapists to help us with our mental health we invest in a good specialist to help us with our our everyday physical health we invest in a trainer we invest we invest in all these experts to make us great and to get us better but if we're not doing the work that our trainers tell us then we're getting zero results and that happens with us as as matchmakers we're the trainers of the heart So for us, if we come to you and we give you all of this advice and we try to steer you in one direction, but we're getting the same result, we get frustrated because you can't just come to a matchmaker and say, help me, but then do the opposite of it. Mm -hmm. And, and it's, and it's challenging because, you know, the, the most consistent problem is that they're just like saying, oh, well, I blew off the date that you set up with me. Um, because I just, you know, I ran out of time. And so I just went on a Tinder date and it's like, no, that's. That's not how it works. I think you kind of touched on this, but do you think the technology has helped or hindered dating overall? What are your thoughts? I, I mean, I want to say it's made dating different. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't want to say it's absolutely hurt it. It's so weird. When I say to people, what dating apps are you on? Mm-hmm. Instantly, people will name like every hookup app you can possibly know, right? Yeah. And you're like, a dating app, you know, right. there's only a few dating apps out there. And that's where this confusion comes in, because we don't know the difference between all of them nowadays. We just kind of assume that they're all the same. This is, again, where that challenge for millennials comes in, because they're just like, well, this is the newest one. Uh, I'm going to download this and I'm going to download that. And it's going to take me to the right place because that's it's a dating app. Mm. But it's not. And and I think that when it comes to what's re- it's really hindered, 
You know, it's that communication piece. We know too much about the people that we're talking to, which means it's replaced that Q&A time that you and I used to have without the technology. Um, We ask too many questions in the DMs, right? Getting to know somebody is the best part of, of really finding out about a person. When you learn too much about somebody, when you Google them, you're not really getting the right person. So I always say the best date is when you don't know anything about somebody Uh, especially if a matchmaker gives you 10 of the best people that they think are great for you, then you can sit down and you can say, all right, I'm going to get to know this person. And that's just refreshing to me. Yeah, I I agree. I think technology has both helped and hindered dating, but this is the reality we're facing today. So what are some suggestions you give to people to date better with technology? I'm not going to be the person that says, you know, I'm not going to be that old grandpa shaking his walker saying, it used to be better in my time or you kids these days. I'm not going to be that person because that's not smart either. I do know that technology is here and it's not going away. And the smartest thing is to use it to our advantage, but then also to take a step back a lot of the times and know where you have to inject just real human-to-human contact and communication and touch. Mm-hmm. So to me, there's a few rules that I always, you know, kind of go by when it comes to romance today. The first rule that I always say is use technology as a bridge and not a substitute. Okay. So, um, so by that I mean, like, if you're going to use a good dating app, you know, I love Bumble. Um, <laughs> I think that's like, I, I you just do. You know, I, I do. I just think they've they've got something. There's just great. I think that they empower women, you know, uh, in in they they fight bullies on. You know, there's just a lot of misogyny on uh, dating apps nowadays. Like it's just, yeah. you know, it's an ugly space. And if if there's any app out there that can stand against that, I think you know they're ten steps closer to being solid. Use the right technology and use it to get to a place. So if you want to date somebody, find a good one. Do your research. Go on there and then use that as a, uh, a bridge to get to somewhere. Uh, sorry, excuse me, somewhere. and But not as a replacement. For gay men, do, can either man message first on Bubble? Yeah, do gay men use Bubble? Yes, um, absolutely. But you know, um, Bumble actually launched a, uh, they have a, like a gay little brother is what they like to call it. I guess. <laughs> uh, they have a, a dating app called, called Chappie. Oh. What's no. it called? <laughs> no, it's called Chappie. Chappie. Uh, and I actually love Chappie too. So Chappie launched in the UK. Yeah. And um, the great thing about Chappie is it has a, a great piece. First of all, they're so supportive of, of, of love and relationships, which I do not see in in the world of lgbt dating so i'm just 100 percent again mm-hmm. if you take 10 steps toward the right direction i'm already a fan because there's right. nothing out that mm-hmm. right so chappy enables you to look for they have a little system in their app that allows you to swerve between mr right and mr right now oh so <laughs> you're looking for mr right because wow. you know not every you know maybe we're not looking for mr right now and so That's we great. want the ability to I do it. it so we should do that for it's, on the straight bumble I know, right? I love it. Well, <laughs> so, uh, okay, Cupid it asks you, what are you looking for? Yeah. Hookups or a long-term But it's all in one, though. So you yeah. can't, like, really differentiate uh, it. This, it sounds like it's more, like, in the moment. I like that. I mean, that's yeah. – to build on that, like, what are your thoughts about, like, Match.com, OkCupid, eHarmony, like, some of the original players in this space that 
feel like a little lost these days. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. Well, you know what? Uh, I always recommend uh, the old school guys. If somebody says, what's your favorite dating or the best dating websites out there? I always go back to the old school guys because they've been doing it for a long time and they know what they're doing. I have so many times have met men and women that have gone on to match.com and those e-harmonies of the world and have found the person that they eventually married. I can't tell you how many weddings I've been to where somebody is like, oh, we met on match.com. We've met on eHarmony. Mm. And it's unbelievable. But here's the thing that I also hear. Every time somebody who's not ready for a relationship right away goes on, they say, well, it's a little scary for me in there because everyone there is looking for a relationship right now. Right, yeah. <laughs> that's that's like, a good point, though, because everyone complains that, like, Tinder and even Bumble, too, like, the ones that are super easy that have no barrier to entry, people aren't looking for, like, the real deal on them. So maybe that could be a tactic for some of these people that are in a different stage. Yeah, 100%. How did you meet your husband? Oh, you know what? We met it the good old-fashioned way. It's actually a super cute story. A grinder? (laughs) (laughs) No, it's so funny because um, I love to tell the story because it has kind of like a fun layer to it. Uh, A friend of mine and I went out to a wine bar in Hollywood, and we stumbled upon a girlfriend who was on a blind date. She had asked us to rescue her, and so she, weirdly enough, took her blind date and us uh, to West Hollywood to hang out with the boys and save her from her (laughs) weird blind date, right? So um, we were out dancing and having a good time, and my girlfriend turns to me and says, there is somebody dancing right behind you. I think you really need to turn around and talk to him because he's tall and good looking and all the things that you, you know, you always tell me about. And without even me responding right away, she turns me around and pushes me towards him on the dance floor. Whoa. And there I was in this weird John Cusack rom-com <laughs> Meg Ryan thing, awkwardly standing there. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Hi, my friend pushed me towards you. <laughs> so that's... Uh, that was the moment that started everything. So did you have a boombox? <laughs> was it raining? <laughs> I wish I did. I. It's funny because I feel like again, uh, it's it's rare that people say they meet somebody when they're out, but yeah, it happens. And I yeah. live in LA, where people always say it's like the hardest town to do it in, but it really does it happen really if you're happens. looking for it. And yeah. also another topic you talk about quite a bit on your show is this idea of romance. How yeah. Do you go about romance. Is romance dead? Is is technology and all these dating apps killing romance? What are your thoughts about that? Well, I love to call myself the romance enthusiast. Um, <laughs> uh, I started my website Finding Cupid because you know I have an aunt of mine that um, went through a divorce, and you know my parents. I'm a child of a divorced family too. I feel like it's just that D word is in there, and it's kind of ugly, right? Mm. And what's sad is when people lose their faith and they lose the inspiration that they used to get from love and romance. Mm -hmm. And I really wanted to make a place for those people like myself who believed in love, who still do. Mm -hmm. I I love everything about the the process, the, the dating, the romance, the marriage, like all the way to the end. I love it all. And I wanted Finding Cupid to be a place so that you can be that person and and believe in all of those things about love again. So I try to say, like, this is a safe space for you love believers, you know? Mm-hmm. So you can go there. And, and romance isn't dead. It isn't dead by far because at the core of all that we do, we all want this special moment in our lives 
we still all want to get married. We want to find that special person. And, and if it's marriage or if it's just, you know, LTR, you know, all the way to the grave, that's fine. It's human nature to just pair up with one person. But what, what is romance to you? How would you define it? <laughs> well, you know, romance to me is very different than romance to everyone. We all have our different definitions of what romance is. I think if you ask a millennial, romance is putting a heart emoji on somebody's Instagram. <laughs> and that's the truth because that's the way they communicate. Yeah. You know, to me, romance is my husband. God, it's almost like the challenge of each other. Like he's definitely someone that needed to be in my life. But I love romance and, and he kind of does this one up game. Anytime I travel, he has this weird way of finding the ability to write a cute, cute card and sneak it into my suitcase somewhere or my travel bag. And then I find it wherever Aww. I, you know, end up. And it's, that's romantic to me. Mm. Um, but then it's also as simple as, you know, making dinner. Romance is very simple, like buying flowers. Yep. When straight men come to me, and they tell me, like, I just, I need to do this for my wife or my girlfriend. And I ask them, have you ever brought flowers home? And they, a lot of the times it's no. <laughs> and there's these very simple things that I know they're old school and they may sound cheesy. And there's, romance isn't some grandiose gesture. Mm -hmm. It's a very simple gesture that reminds somebody that you love them and that you're special to them. And it can be anything. But I think this comes down like back to like millennials, like a lot of them have never been in love. A lot of them right. don't really know what love is because they're always just they've delayed love for careers. That's mm -hmm. one piece of it. And then there's just like this mentality of the quick fix that we mentioned and, and plenty of options and all of that. So do you think it just comes yeah. down to the fact that they don't they've never experienced it? A lot of people, a lot. I shouldn't say everyone, but a lot of people have never experienced true love. So it's hard to like imagine it mm -hmm. well yeah and i think um you know millennials again let's let's just rewind on that moment there for a second uh, as i read so much about fortune 500 companies that are restructuring their hr departments to learn to communicate to this new generation of millennials that are coming on there's a sense of um, self-entitlement that comes along with them. Mm -hmm. And it's how do you train a millennial to work in fields that you have to work for things and that you just don't get. You just don't get a promotion by coming on board mm -hmm. uh, and working here for three months. You have to work for it. And that's a mentality that they have because of the quick and instant gratification that they get from everything else in their world. So how do you tell a millennial to to find love and to work for love. It really is by teaching. First of all, they're going to learn all on their own. They're going to hit so many um, walls because they're going to keep trying and failing and trying and failing. Older generations, they, you know, they had a longer span between the try and fail, but the technology brings that span of trying and failing a lot uh, shorter between. So they will find love, they're absolutely capable of finding love, but it's up to them to really take a step back and to unplug sometimes and to really do the work at communicating. Yeah. I think this goes back to, and I don't think it's just millennials, but this issue in modern dating is that we're all so self 
focus. Yeah. Look at these apps. The apps are you create the space for yourself where you present yourself in the best way possible. And it's all about matching with as many people as possible and trying to figure out who's the best in class that you can get. And that that's all centered around you. And also when you look at, uh, you know, we're talking about romance. I think Mm -hmm. what you just described there with you and your husband are these gestures of thoughtfulness. And I think people are forgetting how to be thoughtful because we kind of act on, and I'm guilty of this, I do something for my boyfriend to make myself feel good. I It's not about making him happy. I'm sure he's happy too. But it's also like, I feel good because I did something great for him. But true romance is putting yourself second and putting your yeah. partner first and thinking, what could I do to make him or her extremely happy right now? And it could just be a really simple gesture, but it comes out of a very selfless yeah. act. Absolutely. I, I always tell everyone, if you want to if you want to add a little love and romance into your life, I'm going to tell you, you can take one dollar or you can take an office supply that you can steal from your local office. <laughs> you can go out and buy some post-it notes yeah. and, a, and grab a pen. If you leave a post-it note every single day for anybody that you love in life, it will not only change your life and your relationship 1000%. But it will bring so much, so much gratitude from them. It will bring so much like appreciation of you. And it's the thoughtfulness again of bringing, writing that little note, a little note that says, I love you, I miss you, or thinking of you. I mean, oh my God, that could be that little post-it note that was so surprised. They maybe open up the, you know, the bathroom mirror and find it surprisingly, you know, or you leave it in a book of theirs and they open it when they get to work. That little moment just says that you took three seconds out of your day to write something. And then it's so, and it just made their day. That could have been a thousand dozen roses, but it wasn't. It was a post-it, you know? And it's really as easy as that. And and I want to go back to what you were saying about trying to get into these relationships with millennials and how, uh, and how, all of us too, not just millennials, but you know, we try to build these really glossy profiles, right? So that we can be as attractive as possible to everyone. We all know this. And I like to compare dating to job interviews. You can be really great on paper, but when you finally sit down and you interview that person, you're going to get to know the real truth because maybe the answers will never match up. Yeah. Then also, let's just say that glossy resume and your your smooth talking got you through, um, you know, the interview process and you got the job. The truth is now in the work of the relationship. Yeah. If you somehow were glossy, right, and you got through, you got hired for this job, this slash relationship, but then you really weren't doing the job that you were hired for. You really weren't producing the right way. You really weren't living up to what that resume or that glossy profile said you were you will they will know at the end of the day Definitely. you know the, the truth will come out let's go on to some takeaways yeah. before we go to okay. our question of the day here are my two major takeaways you said something that i've been thinking about for a while but you said it so um eloquently which is technology shouldn't be a substitute it should just be a bridge and i think yes. that's a great way of looking at modern dating is that sometimes we feel like it's one or the other. You're either online dating or you're meeting people in real life, but you should think about them as complementary to each other. And technology is just a way to get to someone, but there are a million other ways as well. So you can't rule out other things. And um, my second big takeaway is 
this idea of romance, because I'm, I've been so stuck on this idea of like love and romance for the longest yeah. time, I realized, have you ever like stopped to, to ask yourself, what does this word mean to me? And the more yeah. you think about it, the more it means nothing to you. Right. I was thinking about like, what does yeah. love and romance mean to me? And I realized that my idea of what love and romance is still stuck in like the third grade. You know, it's like a very elementary yeah. way of yeah. being like, it's butterflies and it's rainbows uh-huh. and it's like this warm feeling. And it's no longer <laughs> that because I'm not in third grade. So yeah. I realize I have to um, actually mature in my ways of defining what love and romance is. And for so long, I've been kind of complaining like romance is dead. Nobody wants love anymore. But I think I need to really look inside to myself and say, what does love and romance mean to me? And if I'm complaining about about this, I probably am not giving the love and romance to other people the way that I want to receive them because it's sort yeah. of a cyclical, right? That's a really good point. Yeah. So I, I kind of, you know, I came to this after our talk today, but also I came to this epiphany a few days ago. Is like, one, I need to redefine what love and romance means to me. Two, I need to yeah. figure out, what I am looking for when it comes to that, what is romance? What is a romantic? What are these romantic gestures I want from my partner? And how can I also reciprocate these romantic gestures to my yeah. partner and not just be me, me, me. It's all right. about me. Give it to me. Give it to me. Yeah. But it's about giving. The more you give, like the post-it notes, that's a great idea. Yeah. Totally. Such a small gesture, Simple. but it means so much. Yeah. I think we're all really quick to blame Tinder and blame the yes. dating apps for killing romance. Yeah. But I think it's like, look to yourself. And I think Let's... you kept saying like you, but it's everyone out there. Like, And I think we have to redefine yeah romance too because times have changed like we'd be dumb to be like oh we can't use technology yeah and like even david like your idea about the post-its like that's awesome i love that idea but like even if you want to incorporate technology sending like i'm thinking about you or like we had a past couple guests like say like beginning of their courtship like every night he would message remember on boris and kate's finale every message every night he would message like hope you had a good day like good night or thinking about you like Little things, even if you're going to integrate technology, romance can still be alive. That's a great point. Just thinking about like, you know, that digital touch feature on your iPhone, just even like drawing a little heart to your partner. A little heart. It's so cute. Sending a little Snapchat with like something that reminds you of your partner. I mean, just even using technology as a way to show romantic gestures. Romance can evolve. Absolutely. What is the digital version of sticky notes? And just use that, right? Or digital. What's digital flowers you know yeah digital flowers (laughs) virtual flowers but then it's also using the technology that's out there to create that human interaction so for example if you wanted to plan a romantic date let's just use technology in this example you're going to take a maybe you do uber vip this weekend or maybe you use postmates to postmate flowers or their favorite cookie to their work without even knowing and you just tell them like hey postmates is here i thought of you today like that's just you, that's using the technology to your advantage. And there's different ways that you can do it. But at the end of the day, it's you taking that moment to think of that person and to use the technology again, use that, using it as a bridge, you know, not a substitute for the relationship, but using it as a bridge to that human connection and that human interaction that you're going to have. I Absolutely, love that. Yeah. It's like, and, and you know what? I would also say 
we also have to get off of our entitled high horses and be ready to receive these gestures. I know I've, I've been guilty of this myself. I get flowers and I go, and flowers are going to die. But instead of feeling (laughs) that way, you know, I should say, thank you. Cause the more you're grateful for these gestures, the more they happen. So we have to actually be ready and willing to receive these gestures too. Absolutely. And to count those blessings, because, you know, I cannot tell you how many times it's a, it's a, it's an unfortunate survey that I like to do, but anytime a girl gets a flowers in the office, I always ask who's never received flowers in here. Aww. And you would be so surprised in how sad it is that there are a lot of, you know, not just girls, but guys like, I mean, there was a point in my life where I never got flowers, you know, delivered to me either. But it, it's a really sad understanding to hear that this very simple, easy gesture of just sending flowers to somebody, you know, people don't do anymore, but it does turn a lot of people, you know, into the most appreciative people when they do get it. Yes. Right. Okay, let's go on to our question of the day. Yeah, and our question of the day is actually very related to all this. This is good. Comes yeah. from uh, Dawn, and she said, I've been dating this new guy for a couple months, and he's great, but he doesn't seem to go out of the way with any romantic gestures. It would mean so much if he'd surprise me with flowers or plan a weekend trip away. It feels like his declaration of his feelings is sending a kissy emoji. Other than this, he's a great catch and very, very sincere in his feelings to me, in building a long-term relationship, am I asking for too much? This is very easy to me. So <laughs> um, I, uh, I'll answer her question first, which, which is, is she asking for too much? No, she's not asking for too much. But I will say, uh, I will ask, is she even asking at all? Right. So we love to live in this world where we want to believe that people are mind readers. And people are not, you know, and so it's important for you to not only establish really solid communication between the person that you're with in your relationship at the very beginning, because if you don't, if you don't communicate to them the things that make you happy in life, the things that bring you joy, then they're never going to know. And you're going to go on in this long, miserable relationship, you know, blaming, you know, building up all this, you know, resentment. And finally, you're going to blow up one day, four years, you know, down the line, uh, when he finally hasn't moved in with you. And you're going to say, well, you've never even bought me flowers. It's going to be this whole thing. So that's why it's important for you to just say, hey, I want to talk to you about something because I love you and I, you know, or I love being in this relationship with you, but I, this is some things that make me happy and I would really love for you to do it for me sometimes. I was, I a hundred percent agree. And I was going to say something very similar. And I think this, this day and age, like we've been talking about, a lot of people don't think to get flowers and do that. Mm -hmm. So it's not like this guy's doing anything wrong per se. Like he could be a great person and just, it's like the thought isn't even crossing his mind. So like what you said, David, like, express that it's important to you and i think like yeah. it comes down to like love languages also like this person absolutely might 100 yeah like she might be really someone that values gifts Some where gifts. he might yes. not he might value quality Touch time or, or yeah. yeah so i think just <clears throat> having that conversation like you were saying communication is so key in yeah. this and it just like will end up not having resentment of why didn't you get me these flowers my exactly. mom always says this one sentence to me and it stuck with me she goes well he's not you 
Yeah. She always says that. And it, it, <laughs> it makes so much sense to me now that yeah. I'm older where she's basically saying like, you can't expect other people to want the exact same things you do or to read your mind. Right. So she's like, unless if you're asking for it, talking about it, communicating about it, he's not you or she's right. not you. And you can't expect yeah. the same from yeah. other people. Like at least give and them the a, chance to yeah. not bring you flowers. Right. <laughs> exactly. right. And it's chance. important that we remember that too, because we don't ever want our, our, you know, partner to be us. We want you to be a strong individual that was happy and successful long before your partner came along, because that's how a successful relationship thrives. Everyone in this relationship, you know, has their own thing to do. It survives individually uh, because of the things that they enjoy in life. Uh, but when they come together in a relationship, you know, they're, they're this, you know, beautiful thing together that complements each other, but they're not you. And, and God, the five languages of love is a mind blowing book. I think everyone should read it because, you know, it, it is definitely something that, uh, people don't understand and people respond differently to, um, to the needs of love. But I, I will say this, and I always talk about how we can make questioning sexy, but we can you know, we can, we can, we can communicate in a way where we say, um, you know, Hey, I want to talk to you about this. I, I really respond this way. And I would love this. I would love flowers in my life, but make it sexy. You know, you can say like, listen, for every time that you ever think to send me flowers and I'm just going to, you know, put this little thought in your mind, I'm going to plant this little seed, but just know that you'll get lucky whenever I receive oh, flowers, you know? That's so I mean, better than demanding flowers. Yeah. <laughs> it's all in the delivery, right? Oh, you know, I, I think there's, there's ways of delivering it that it's beneficial for everyone. <laughs> okay, so Don, don't lose this guy. He sounds like a keeper. Just yeah. Tell him he's going to get lucky if you get him flowers. Yeah. Well, every time I get good. flowers, I just say, wow, this makes me horny. And it works. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be surprised. Keep saying that. <laughs> That's a post-it for you. Yeah. <laughs> That's a post-it. Thanks for the flowers. Now I'm horny. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I want to quickly talk about your recent announcement with a three-day rule. You're heading up their LGBT division, right? Yeah. That's absolutely. so exciting. Congratulations. So it's what does that so, mean exactly? Gosh, it's so exciting for me. I and this is like, I don't know, bringing a child to his first day at school. <laughs> um, this is uh, so exciting because in the world of LGBT dating, there isn't enough supportive platforms uh, for um, relationship-minded individuals out there. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we have the grinders. I'm a gay man, I can say this. The grinders, the scruffs of the world, there's there's a million of them just like there is in straight world. But there's not, I mean, Chappie actually is the first one that I actually felt, and that one just came out you know, in the last few months. But you know, there really hasn't been anything that says, are you looking for a relationship? Come here. Mm -hmm. If you, if I asked you to name a, a solid gay dating website that it's, of the par of the uh, the level of a match.com or an eHarmony, yeah. you draw a blank. There's nothing. Uh -huh. So for me to take um, this step, it means that I'm trying to create that space. I'm trying to create a space where not just allowing, there's plenty of gay matchmakers out there, but what I'm trying to do with Three Day Rule is really create a movement that allows that space to grow. I want people to see that there is a space in the world that allows people with uh, the allows people who want to find solid 
uh, like-minded individuals who want relationships, that they can come to us for dating advice, coaching, and also for that matchmaker. So if you need us, we're here for you. And there really isn't that message out there. I can't wait to tell my friend about this because he's had, he, he always tells me, he's like, I think I'm the last gay man who actually wants a relationship in this world. Yeah. And he actually went to a meetup for relationship minded gay men. And he said, everyone yeah. there was extremely old and ugly. And he had to leave within yeah. two minutes. And he, he was like, is this, is this like what I want? Is this dead? And that's why I'm so excited is because there isn't anything, right? There's mm-hmm. there's this and then there's the guys that get married and then there's like nothing in between. Right. And if this is like one of the things that helps push that whole like space into motion, then I want it to be that. But we're going to, you know, we're starting here in Los Angeles. We already have goals to be in San Francisco and New York and every place that we can be. We're already looking into those uh, markets. And, and we really just want to be in all of those states to provide that service for them. People will stop me on the streets and they'll say, I need your help. There's nothing out there. Where does a gay man who wants a relationship go? And that's all I've heard for the last four years of, you know, being this this person in this matchmaking space. And it's it's sad. So that's why I'm so happy to be doing this with Three Day Roll and to be launching this division because it's so needed. It's so, so needed. It was really exciting. So true. Thank you. Awesome. All right, David, if people want to reach out to you, what's the best way of them finding you? Yeah, they can uh, f- go to my website, finding-cupid.com. Uh, you can find all of my social links there. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, all those fun things. Uh, or you can also find me at 3 Uh And... Um, I'm, I'm available anytime. <laughs> Are you? Are you really? <laughs> You're sure super am. busy. Cupid, Cupid doesn't sleep these days. That's true. You're, you're working harder when we're sleeping, right? Yes, absolutely. And I will be on David's show in November. So go to yes. finding-cupid.com. We're going to be talking about dateable. <laughs> so, modern yeah. dating more. More yes. modern day Yes. And for all of our listeners, know that that we would love to have you as our guest on our show. We love this idea of like love. This is not a topic yeah. that people talk about that much. We talk about like complaints yeah. with modern dating. We talk about like, you know, hooking up, but love, what is love? I want to know how would you define love? What does it mean to you? And are you looking for love? Come be a guest on our show. Okay. On that note, let's wrap this up. Any other things? Anybody else? Any other last words, David? Just believe in love. It's there. I promise you. <laughs> believe in magic and believe in love. I believe in Use love. Use technology yes. to bridge to love. The bridge to uh. love. And then unicorns will come out and you can ride them into the sunset together. There'll be That's rainbows and lots of sparkles. Again. <laughs> really we need to talk you, eh? <laughs> Oh, I'm just get gonna... to your 36 version, not your. <laughs> it's so hard. It's so hard. Well, I'm, I'll work on that. Well, thank you again, David, for being a guest on our show. We You're so welcome. It's so much fun talking to you, and we are so aligned in a lot of oh, uh, yeah. our thinking. Yes. So it's it's great to have a partner in this and world. And I'll keep, I'll keep listening to Finding Cupid Radio. Yes, Finding yeah, Cupid thank Radio. You. Okay, last but not least, stay, stay dateable. Stay dateable. Your action item for this week is to rethink how technology is changing the way you're dating. We can complain about technology all we want. 
but it's sort of unavoidable. We're gonna have to live with it. So this week, really sit down and think about how has technology helped me instead of hindering my romantic life and how I can really take advantage of technology going forward. Also, follow us on Instagram as we're about to announce the details for our upcoming holiday contest. Our handle is at datablepodcast. If you didn't know already, in our off-season, we launched a premium series called The Why Series, where we dissect, analyze, and offer solutions to some of the most common dating conundrums. We've had some great feedback on how actionable these episodes are, so check it out on our website under the tab Why Series. Or you can now buy directly from iTunes Music. The most efficient way to meet new people is a combination of online and offline. 500 Brunches has your offline covered. Connect over brunch with new friends. Come alone or bring a buddy. There is always a table full of friendly faces, mimosas, and eggs benedict. Sign up at 500brunches.com and use the code DATEABLE for a free entry. To connect with us, visit datablepodcast.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all under Datable Podcast. Mm-hmm.